What's up, everybody? Paul Hickey here with NoOffSeason.com and my main man, Kendall Lefty McKee. Welcome to the Sports Card Strategy Show. This happens to be episode 74 for those of you counting at home or on the road, wherever you are watching or listening to the Sports Card Strategy Show. What's up, Lefty? How you doing, man? I'm doing good. I had a fun, action-packed weekend full of basketball. Um, It's kind of humbling for me to look at watch a college basketball and realize this probably doesn't interact with most of our hobby yet. Uh, but there's a lot of dudes in this, uh, in the limelight. It's weird for me to watch sports and not real, like not think about their sport card value. I guess if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Totally. I get it. And, um, but it is kind of refreshing at, uh, as a sports fan to have something that you're passionate about. And for me, that's the Michigan state Spartans. Oh, here we go. Since birth, I've been a Michigan State Spartan football and basketball fan. And to see Tom Izzo lead the team to 15 Sweet 16s in 25 years has just been an absolute treat. Because there was a point in my life when I was probably, you know, under the age of 10 or 11 when we weren't that good. Like we were just an average average at best Big Ten team. And ever since, you know, I was in high school, we've basically been dominant, dominant. And so just another, another big win for the Spartans. I really, I really am obviously happy about that. So my week's off to a good start. Ryan Burusky, what's up? Yep. Spartan effort. Good morning to Brian Steeler. One, four love that, you know, for those of you who are new, new audience members to the sports card strategy show, we go live uh, on YouTube and a couple other platforms. And then we upload the episode immediately after that to Apple, Spotify, and all the other podcast apps. So you might be getting us on Spotify and Apple and wondering like why we're shouting people out. And that's because they're the loyal audience members in the comments on YouTube. So um, don't feel left out. You know, you can, you can tweet at Lefty McKee. You can tweet at no offseason card. You can go on Instagram at sports card strategy. Or you can come back to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Paul Hickey, find the episode and comment on it if you want to. We will, Or you can email me, of course, right, Lefty? Everybody can email me. I love when people do that at paul at nooffseason.com. And I'm going to let you know how to go premium free for a year at nooffseason.com and what, what that's all about. But anyway, good to see everybody in the comments. VJ's in the house. Rusty's in the house. Give me all your Trey Turners. I'm sure Lefty's going to talk about that in a second. Yeah. So Lefty, let's jump into it, man. We're gonna and we're gonna have our guy Chad Gill. He's gonna join us later in the show, but let's jump into it, Lefty. You've got. Uh, I'm sure you've got an L of the week and a W of the week. So worst move of the week, worst part of your week last week. Give us your L. My L of the week is comes from an eBay sale. Uh, just I I mentioned to you very briefly before we got on the. Uh, uh, on the on the live but i had an unpaid auction this week um and unfortunately it was a it was a guy that was responding to me so you know like i was like hey man what do you like i always respond hey th- right when it sells i'm like thank you super excited to get you this card um I, this is how i pack them blah 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 and he responded immediately like yeah pain tomorrow thanks for your help like i'm excited about it da 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 couple days go by no payment 
So, you know, then I'm like, okay, I reach back out to him and I'm like, Hey man, just reminding you about the payment. He's like, yeah, uh, I'll get it in tomorrow. The next day he doesn't come back. So I reach out to him a third time and I was just like, Hey man, can just give me some clarity on what's going on. And he was like, yeah, I'm having problems with my payment, whatever. Um, my, my app is not connecting to my card or something, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, that's probably bogus, but I'll give him one more chance. Uh, cause it's, it was like 30 bucks. So it wasn't like a huge one. Um, and lo and behold, like t- yesterday I just said, Hey man, if you don't pay by tonight, I'm going to relist it. And he didn't, yeah. even res- he didn't even respond. So yeah, it's not, it's not I just to hate be, that. I know. And, and it's not to be uh, a jerk, but it is to get your card back on the market. Right. Because if you think about it this way, everybody, we're trying to list cards at the right time. And, you know, we all have different strategies for that. We've got, <clears throat> excuse me, Rob Masora from Bob's Card Market kind of puts everything up there in a buy it now or best offer format. Some of us like to list auctions at a particular time based on how people are playing and stuff like that. And I'm a big fan of, of listing cards so that they're new listings at the right time, right? When player performance happens. So when somebody buys your card and then doesn't pay, what happens is it basically just takes it off the market and even even off the market for several hours or even a day can really be detrimental to the opportunity to sell that card. So Lefty's not being a jerk when he writes a message like that. What I want everybody to do is if you can't pay for a card or you bought it by mistake, just let the seller know like right away and be like, I'm so sorry, but I'm just like, I'm not going to buy this. I think that as a seller... I appreciate that more than waiting around for somebody to pay. Even if the person pays late, like really late, I would rather just get the card back on the market. Right, right, Lefty? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so this was a Kellenic refractor Bowman first, you know. So Kellenic was playing really, really hot to start the spring. So his auction was going crazy. You know, like this card, I thought it was going to sell for around 15 bucks. It almost doubled, which probably is why he's not paying you know he probably got buyer's remorse but um you know unfortunately jared is not as hot as he was at the beginning of the spring therefore like this card's not going to sell for the same amount yeah so it's it's just unfortunate that is an l that is a great example of a sports card strategy show l by lefty mckee and uh before i get into my l i want to talk about the minnesota card show this might be just a, a low-key L on my part. I haven't talked about it in a while, but our guy, Ryan Hoffman, shout out Ryan. He's He, like Chad, is an audience member turned analyst at nooffseason.com. Ryan's been helping us with the uh, premium sports card investment report player write-ups. He's been doing a great job. So Ryan is in Minnesota, and he reminded me, hey, look, nooffseason.com is actually a partner sponsor of the Minnesota card show here. You see it right here on my screen for those of you watching. And um, a nice guy named Isaac reached out to me a little over a year ago. So Isaac's been putting this show together for a while. And this is the first, this is an inaugural Minnesota card show. So go to card show MN as in the state of Minnesota.com and check out the information. If you, if you can make it to the Minnesota card show at the Hyatt Regency, Minneapolis, powered by Triple Diamond Sports and Collectibles. I would recommend that you check it out. And Ryan Hoffman's going to be there from nooffseason.com. 
he'll probably do a little reporting for us, figure out how to, uh, how to add a little value to the show from nooffseason.com and vice versa. And I can't go. So that's an L. I, I, uh, I will be running in the Nashville half marathon that day. And so I'm unable to, to make it out uh, to the Minnesota card show this year. So hopefully Ryan will be able to represent nooffseason.com. Let us know if you're going to be attending uh, any brand new card shows this year, any card shows coming up, or if you can make it to the Minnesota card show. Just wanted to give that a little shout out. Um, my L of the week at first was going to be Kyle Trask because Baker Mayfield just signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Shout out a little NFL, a little football. Because like I said, remember, like you, you guys might be going, oh yeah, there is the NFL because it's March Madness right now. Remember last week I said, good time to potentially snipe some some football cards is during March Madness. I looked at some Kyle Trask cards. They were affordable. I sniped a couple of them. I realized Baker Mayfield had just signed like hours before. So then I thought maybe that's an L because I got Kyle Trask cards on the in the same window as Baker Mayfield signed. But I got the Trask cards for next to nothing, I think. And then I realized Baker Mayfield kind of sucks. So maybe it's not an L. Um, but what do you think, Lefty? Um, I, I think Baker's going to get quite a bit of run here for Tampa Bay. Um, and if he plays like he did in L.A. at the end of last year, then he, he'll be fine and your Kyle Trask cards will probably be worthless. Um, and unfortunately... Usually in the first season, Baker comes into a team. He does well. A, a outlier the is... the first game. Yeah. Well, the outlier is the Panthers, but the, they were a mess to start with, you know. Um, but every time we see Baker under, the, under the, the microscope, he ends up playing well. Where he struggles is when it's a routine. When it's a routine game, when it's just week 15, when he has to sit down and focus and there's no big hype. Baker really thrives in the hype situation. He really thrives when his back is against the wall. So if if the Bucks are eight and eight and he has to win, you know, game 12 or something, I don't know, eight and eight week 16. But let's just say, you know, like they're five and five and he's got to win week 12 game to to get in the playoffs and he doesn't show up against like, you know, some routine game and loses them a game that could be huge for them. So. He's just not a killer, but if he's a backup against the wall type guy, if you if you put him in and you know like his odds are against him, Baker's gonna use that as fuel. Um, the hard part is when you game plan against Baker, it's really easy. So, yeah, we'll see. exactly. I see Chad Gill in the waiting room back there nodding his head when you're making comments about Baker. So it'll be interesting, Chad. We'll get to you soon. Don't worry, you'll have your chance. I know it's hard. Look at you'll that have smile. your chance to. Uh, to comment on all of this towards the end of the show. Everybody stay tuned for Chad's flip to fund your PC segment coming up. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting. I personally, my hot take is I think Kyle Trask beats him out. Mm. I know nothing about this situation, so I could be totally wrong. It is a hot take. I think Kyle Trask beats him out. My gut tells me Byron Leftwich has been working with Kyle Trask behind the scenes and preparing him and it's just like a fresh start we don't know anything about this guy 
really. I mean, obviously, he was a second-round pick out of Florida. We do know that. But from an NFL standpoint, we don't know anything about this guy. And I kind of like that. You know, I kind of there's a little mystique around that. I think maybe there's some plays from a card perspective still with Kyle Trask. I think our guy Andy Kaysen from Football Card Quest kind of likes him. Um, but anyway, good to good to talk some NFL here on the show in the there is no offseason for NFL, of course. Um, all right. So I know we've got a lot of uh, people in the comments talking about the WBC. Brian Steeler 714. Hope you're doing well. He says, looking like a Trout and Otani showdown. I could talk about the Michigan State Spartans all show, but I'm not going to do that. Although I do wonder where Toa is because I know he's my Sparty. Um, oh, my shoes in the house. Shoes, you sent me some nice emails over the weekend. I want to get to a couple of your emails later in our audience questions segment. Everybody drop some questions in the chat if you want to, and we'll get to them later in the show. But Kendall, I have a feeling I could be wrong. But for your W of the week, are you going to talk about baseball? I am, man. I am going to talk about uh, W of the week being baseball. Specifically, um, I, I think this is one of the craziest times in baseball. The last couple of weeks, and rosters are really trying to be put together. There's guys that um, make small additions to teams that end up being big in the in the in the season playing out. But this WBC has been just electric to watch. Like there's a there, it seems like people are very polarized by this. You're either super into the WBC or people think that it's meaningless and just getting people hurt for no reason. Um, and like you see this on Twitter where it's like, man, these just stupid exhibition games, blah, blah, blah. But then there's over 1.1 million people that have watched these games. And so it's just like that. If you look, if you stack them up statistically against other games that, that the MLB, um, could be a part of like i think this is the perfect branding for baseball specifically the mlb has done so much to tank the value of major league baseball over the last 15 years and honestly they just have made it no fun it's like the no fun league blah 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 which is it's just it's just upsetting but this the wbc seems like a one step in the right movement like you see guys coming and you well, first off, can we just talk about Trout for half a second? These are meaningful games for Mike Trout. We're seeing Mike Trout play in a playoff setting and him getting excited when a guy's hitting a, a single. I literally saw a screenshot of like um, of Trey Turner's uh, uh, Grand Slam in the game against uh, – I, it wasn't Cuba. It was the first one uh, against Venezuela. So he goes, he goes yard, and then Mike Trout's like at the plate, you know. And and I was just thinking, we'll I, I we tweeted or uh, we tweeted about it from just baseball. But I said, you know what's unique about this is we see Mookie Betts, we see Mike Trout, and we see Nolan Arenado in the same picture rooting Trey Turner on. So it's like these guys are winners. All four of those are winners at, at a big level. But Trout specifically, we've seen him not be in a playoff setting. He's been on a team that's historically horrific. And so it's it's cool for me. I think if I boil it down to the win of the week, like to a, to a molecular level, for me, I, the WBC has been incredible and will continue to be incredible as the right teams for a card value are in the finals. I So I think that's something I'm going to mention in a second. But I think for Mike Trout to play meaningful games, maybe, maybe 
this could parlay into him leaving LA and going to a team where he gets to like compete for championships. Because he's tasting the meaningful game. Like he's tasting what it's like to have a, yeah. a grand slam and beat a Venezuela team that was stacked. Yeah. And and then, you it's know, he's take. like thrilled at the plate. You know, like you don't see that from Mike Trout. You don't really see him get emotionally charged. And so for him, like to see this screenshot that I was talking about, and maybe I'll just, I, if I can find it, I'll send it in the chat or something. But it was just, a, it was something that I'm like, that is the Mike Trout that I want to see. That's the Mike Trout that I want to see leave LA and go to somewhere where he can win a championship. I don't yeah. know. Well, Rusty agrees with your take. I think it's a great take. Ryan Burusky says the closest Trout has been to the playoffs is an Eagles playoff game in January, which is true. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I think that uh, it's it's interesting to think about. So I would, if I think if Trout moves teams, that would be like enormous for his card value because, again, it would just get get him in the news. Who knows? I mean, that's... that's, he, that's I don't think thing. he will. With the with the Angels owner not selling the team, they're probably going to move Shohei or Trout, and it's looking like they're going to move Shohei. Um, but that's another thing is like in this WBC final, obviously Mexico and Japan play tonight, and either team would be good for card values because there's MLB players on both teams. But personally, I'm rooting for Japan versus USA, Trout versus Otani. It's going to be incredible. Card values are going to skyrocket. Uh, I, there's there's potential that that Shohei could pitch again in this game, maybe not as a starter, but as a reliever. Can you just imagine? You know, it's a one run game, and then t bottom of the ninth, USA has Trey Turner coming up to the plate, and Shohei's coming in for the close. Like, who cares who wins at that point? I'm just excited. Yeah. That's pretty so. sweet. That's pretty sweet. And I'm with Rusty in the comments here. I mean, he's he's here for you, Lefty. Uh, he's he's here for your baseball. I'm with him. And so he has a good Thanks, question. Rusty. Rusty has a good question. Um, are there WBC cards at all? And any any cards that are WBC branded where the players are in their country uniforms? Uh, yeah, there are. Um, primarily, the the thing that you're going to see is Team USA youngsters have cards, um, and it's something like Panini does um, for some upcoming prospects that don't yet have Bowman cards. Um, and, for instance, I have a uh, I got a Jordan Lawler auto um, when he is in a USA uniform as a 16 year old. So it's like an RPA that I have of him, but it's like not, it's just not, they don't hold value really. Um, I've seen a really cool Nolan Arenado USA card. Um, but it, it's, it's, they're out there, especially there's a, there's a Japanese, um, Shohei card. That's pretty cool as well. Um, and, uh, so they're out there, but they're just not very popular. And, um, if from what I understand and from what I believe, I think they're a panini set, which baseball panini sets just aren't very valuable. So, yeah, there you go. Well, um, so the card value from the WBC will really impact players more investable cards. And it'll probably take, you know, like a grand slam or a, a, a moment, like a real moment for there to be some movement. But I do think it sounds like there's some indicators from the WBC about what could happen in the future with people. Um, Chad, we're going to, let's bring Chad into the stream. He's holding up a picture. Chad, do that again. I see you in the waiting room. He's holding up a picture. It's a Shohei 
what is that, Chad? You tell us. I just Google it. Uh, quick went on to eBay while Lefty was talking about it. It's the 2022 Tops Pristine Flag Refractor Insert from Japan, the Japan Top Set. It looks like it looks like a, it's on a, eBay for 19.95 or best offer. Nice. Is it an illustration? It looked like a like a kaboom type situation or like a downtown. Or did that that could have been my eyesight being bad. Uh, it says pristine borders. I don't, I'm not sure. Yeah, see, that, it looks kind of like an illustration. Is it an authentic picture of him? It's kind of hard to see. It or looks is it like a drawing? It, it's kind of funny because it's a Japan uniform, but isn't that a? Isn't he got his angels hat on there? Yeah, yeah, he's got I his angel, he's got his angels hat on. <laughs> that's interesting. So it's a Japan flag card with his angels uniform. Not sure that's investable, but interesting. Yeah, so, e so even this card's confused, you know. Like, yeah, not sure that's an investable card, but that's uh, pretty interesting. Uh, interesting. So, I mean, there are there are some national team jersey stuff out there. Definitely some national team cards. Um, yeah. But uh, there you go. All right, we're gonna we'll keep Chad in the stream here. Chad, feel free to to jump into any of this, but uh, I want to get back into a couple of things here. TW is in the comments saying, good morning. Uh, he has a question, and I think I'm going to get to this in my upcoming. I'm going to combine my win and my buy, okay? So when I combine my win and my buy, I think I'm going to take a, a swing at answering TW's question, which is what three NFL QBs get the most hype for 2023? And I love that question because I do think right now, uh, I love the baseball talk, of course. But I do think right now is a good time to kind of take a look at this kind of thing from TW, look at some NFL QBs and, and what could potentially happen because there could be some deals in their cards if you look in the right spots. And I'm sure Chad will help us with that as well. Um, Chad certainly inspired me to uh, do some more digging, which I did over my vacation. So whenever I was kind of chilling with my family up in Michigan and there was some downtime, I was on eBay and my slabs quite a bit. And I was looking for specifically those SGC nine fives, SGC tens, CSG tens, and even HGA nine fives with really high subgrades for specific players. And I'll talk a little bit more about this on the premium pod. I'm going to, I'm going to give an overview now, but I'm going to, but I'm, I really go into detail coming up on some premium pod episodes so if you're listening to us on Spotify, you can join the premium pod for $9.99 a month and get more in-depth analysis on these plays that I'm making and that other people on our team are making. If you're preferably on YouTube, if you're on YouTube, you could just click the join button and pay the same amount, $9.99, and get that. If you, if you want to join the website for all the other content, Email me at paul at nooffseason.com. I'll tell you how. I do post the premium pod there, but the only thing is you won't really be able to get it on the go like you will on Spotify. So uh, anyway, my win of the week is uh, I'm going to talk about a few different things, but I think Erling Haaland scoring five goals. Um, I would imagine, I didn't dig into his pricing lefty, but I would imagine that helped quite a bit. And I told... <laughs> Uh, I told people to buy him starting in November, right? Remember I was big on that, go yeah. where they ain't because he wasn't going to be in the World Cup. Yeah. And so 
you know, he had a huge August, September, October on pace to score like 50 goals in the, in the premier league this season, something ridiculous. Yeah. And he was, his pricing spiked obviously in the fall because of that a little bit, a little bit predictable, but not everybody sees it, but I kind of saw it coming. And I said, look, he's not going to be in the world cup. Now is the time to buy him. I told people to buy him from basically November, December, even into January when there wasn't as, there was way more hype around Messi and Mbappe, obviously coming out of the world cup. Holland had cooled off a little bit. Well, now he's back. So hopefully you bought him and now you're in a situation where, his, you know, there's hype around him again. So I think I wanted to call out Erling Holland as a win uh, for me, just because as a prediction, uh, sports card strategy show prediction and a nooffseason.com prediction, uh, that went well. That went my way. Um, and then my buy. So here's here's what I did. Um, I'm sharing my screen for those of you uh, who are listening on. Apple and Spotify, and I'm just going to articulate this as best as I can. So Chad did an amazing analysis for nooffseason.com for the premium members where he went into a bunch of different stuff where he not only says like, don't just look at SGC 9.5s to 10s, right? Look at where the biggest price difference is between the, the SGC half grade and the PSA full grade jump ahead. And so like a good example he had on the website at no off season was a Ken Griffey jr. Uh, SGC eight, five. If you can get that up to a PSA nine, it's actually like more of a profit margin and a more realistic profit margin than a Ken Griffey jr. 1989 upper deck uh, SGC nine, five up to a 10. And there's, there's a safer floor. So you got to look at the floor too of that. So again, in the, in that case, that would mean what does a Ken Griffey Jr. PSA 8 sell for compared to an SGC 8.5 that you would have to buy it? So I'll go into an analysis on the premium pod, premium.sportscardstrategy.com for those of you who want to look that up. But like I bought a Joe Montana SGC 7.5. Joe Montana. Uh, going back to 1981 tops. Nice. <laughs> and. And so this, this was just me dicking around on my phone when there was downtime with my family up in Northern Michigan. And I, uh, I just found like, look, if I can, it's a safer bet to go SGC seven, five in this case, to try to get a PSA eight with a, with a higher floor of a PSA seven than there was to go any other grade higher or lower. Right. So there was more upside on a PSA eight and less downside on a PSA 7 for this particular card. And so what I would do is I would set my maximum bid for the only point that I would go past before I would start losing profit margin. And if you're buying on eBay, depending on what state you live in and all that stuff, you got to worry about sales tax and shipping. Whereas if you're buying on my slabs, you really don't, it doesn't play a, a factor. So I'm going to share my, my slabs here in a second, but I'm going to go through this pretty quick. I got, this is, um, this is who I'm buying. Okay. And I'm giving specific examples. Ken Griffey jr. 1989 upper deck. I got a SGC eight five, but this is like, this is back on an old slab and the old and the old slabs have, uh, like a 92, 
for example. So my thought was, this is an SGC old slab 92 graded an 8.5. This one, Chad can correct me if I'm wrong, but this one would have a good chance at a PSA 9. And so I set my top bid for the, the top possible price that I could pay before the profit margin would be totally eliminated. Now, the Montana was a better time a year to buy, I think, than the Griffey. Because Griffey, actually, if you, look at, if you look at sports card investor or market movers, I think Griffey's the, this Griffey card's the number one card right now, so it's up a little bit. Not the greatest time to buy this, but I think still with the crack and submit to PSA, there could be some margin. I got an Akeem Olajuwon. 1986 Fleer rookie uh, SGC eight. So my thought here is that the PSA eight is going to be the is going to be the play that I'm shooting for. 169 dollars. Uh, Doctor J, old SGC slab again, like the Griffey. So this was a 92 or a, or an SGC eight five. Uh, got it for. $99. And this is what I mean. So it's $85 for the card, but then I end up paying 99 because of the tax and shipping and the tax in Tennessee sucks. It's 10%. So that kind of sucks for me. But anyway, I got a Charles Barkley rookie. This is probably one of the bigger purchases I made. Uh, $362, 1986 Fleer Charles Barkley. This is an SGC 8.5. Again, an older slab, an 88. So I'm not sure Chad might have some more experience with the with the SGC like double digit grade out of a hundred kind of thing. Got a magic Johnson 1981. This is a second year card. First card where he's the only player on the card. If you follow this 1981 tops, magic Johnson, number 21 CSG eight. So I'm hoping for a PSA eight there, $88. Uh, and then here are my trash. So I got a Trask $82, uh, Prism Silver CSG 10. So there's margin there if that actually does crack and get a PSA 10. I got a Michael Jordan. You see, I was kind of bored. I, I made a lot of purchases. <laughs> CSG 8 5 1988. This is the all-star dunk card where it's it's a 1988 Fleer number 120. So it's the all-star card where he's dunking. But this one sells for a lot in a PSA 9. So if I can cross over this CSG 8.5 to a PSA 9, this would be a great play. And then a couple more. I mean, a lot more. <laughs> another Magic 8.5 SGC. Another Trask CSG 10 silver photo variation. Uh, a Ken Griffey, another Ken Griffey Jr. 8.5. So anyway, I got a lot of these. And uh, some of them have already shipped to the house. But the My Slabs, I just want to hit on this real quick because this goes to TW's question. So I think... A couple of the most hyped up QBs going into uh, 2023 are two of them are going to be obvious answers that I really, really like Jalen Hurts and Joe Burrow. So I've been looking at Jalen Hurts and Joe Burrow specifically to Chad's point. This one shipped to the house already. It looks like a PSA 10 for sure. CSG 10, just a base prism Jalen Hurts. There should be some margin there on a hundred dollar card. Um, and then an SGC 9.5 for 50 bucks. So I like the My Slabs play because you don't have to pay shipping or sales tax. You can still make offers. You don't get the auction, but um, you know, My Slabs, pretty solid platform. I really, really like it. And um, I think the third guy who would be the most hyped up going into 2023 TW that I don't necessarily like is Brock Purdy. 
I think that Brock Purdy is going to get like way too much unnecessary hype to where I just, I'm not convinced that the hype train is real for him. I think that there's Trey Lance still there. Jimmy G happens to still be there. I'm not sure for how much longer, but uh, I would be selling Brock Purdy this entire off season, especially in August. If you know, if there is real hype around him being the starter, I just don't think that they punt on Trey Lance completely uh, after being the third overall pick in 2021. So those are my three. I might be missing somebody. Kendall, let me know if you've got somebody that I'm missing, but I think top three most hyped up QBs. I'm buying two of them, Jalen Hurts and Joe Burrow. I think the third one is going to be Brock Purdy, and I'm staying. I'm steering clear from him. Yeah, I'm going to add Trevor Lawrence to that group, um, just because you guys know that I did a pretty hefty investment, I guess, for me in him. Um, over, actually, it's right here. Yeehaw! There he is. Yeah. And so uh, I got uh, Trevor Lawrence rookie ticket auto. Uh, and I'm really excited about his projectability, especially with the Jaguars team that's figuring some things out. So I'm still investing in him right now. Um, oddly enough, like there's a couple of guys, I think Chad said this a couple weeks ago, there's a couple of guys whose numbers have not gone down. Um, and I think that is, uh, it, it's not a great buying situation, but it's good for their values long-term. Um, you know, I think about Burrow. I don't think his value has slipped at all. I don't think Lawrence's value has slipped at all. Jalen Hurts probably his value has not slipped at all. Those people that are investing in those guys are smart. You know, like <laughs> there's other people out there that are see these, you know, two or three quarterbacks as guys that are going to lead the future of the NFL. Um, and so we're going to have to pay a premium for them unless one of them gets injured. And then at that point, you know, God forbid. Yeah, and Dak Prescott's another guy that I've been buying on the SGC. There is a price difference between his SGC 95 uh 2016 optic and his PSA 10. So there's some margin there. And um quick shout out to Scott Goldsmith, who emailed me. He's an audience member, and he said, based on Chad's information, I actually went and started looking for certain 95s and 10s uh for you know for CSG and SGC. Uh, the two that I focused on were Dak Prescott and Jalen Hurts. And then I was, I dropped those guys in last week's show. So he and I, apparently Scott and I are maybe uh, uh, hurting each other. each other. Yeah, yeah we probably are, but we were laughing about that. And then, you know, I'm wondering, um, oh, my shoes just dropped a question, Chad. Um, he took your advice and used pantyhose to clean a card and he submitted it to PSA. Do you think on these ones that I'm cracking, like, is that a rule of thumb? Should I do that each time or, or should I check the surface first? Does it depend on the surface? Like if I've got a HGA card with like nine, five centering and 10 corners, but it's like a nine or, you know, surface, is that an indicator that I should clean the surface or how do you, what do you recommend people handle that? I, I clean all of the cards. I just want to make sure that they're free of fingerprints and, light scratches and so i every card i whether i crack it or it's raw i, I clean them all i just want to i want to give every okay. opportunity i can to get the best grade i can all right well i might need to go get some pantyhose then because i've got i've just you just saw on my screen everybody don't lie I mean, you have some 
I didn't even, <laughs> there it is. I didn't even get to all of them. So I'm going to be, I'm going to easily have 20 cards to submit to PSA, probably even more that I'm cracking out of slabs, cleaning with pantyhose. There it is. And uh, submitting to PSA. And uh, all right. So let's quickly take some comments uh, so we don't fall behind on those. Looks like. Uh, Baruski took Chad's advice as well. Joel Embiid and Giannis SGC 95s. That's great. Nice. Let us know how that goes, everybody. Ryan, let us know how that goes. Uh, SSI, Holland is still a good buy, he says. With the expanded format of the 2026 World Cup, Norway is almost certain to qualify for the tournament. Interesting. Love it, SSI. That's great because that's the only thing preventing me and probably you know several other people who take my advice uh, from buying Holland. So that's interesting. I might have to to uh, get into some more Erling Holland. I agree, VJ Patel, no offseason isn't a name. It is a lifestyle. That's absolutely true. Greeny Green in the house. Bought a Jalen Green and Cade Cunningham contenders autos last night, and he's eating ramen for the rest of the week. Love it. <laughs> is Jimmy G already gone for real, Brian Steeler 1-4? Did, did I miss that news? Yeah, he's in, signed with Oakland. He's in Oakland, yeah. Okay, there we go. Thank you. Thank you for correcting me. Um, Greeny Green bought a Malik Willis. Which Malik Willis did you get, Greeny Green? Let us know. Don't hate it if you got it for a good price. I did not like what I saw from him as a Titans spectator down here in Nashville. Did not love what I saw from Malik Willis, but maybe it was just that they threw him into the fire and he didn't have enough NFL experience to make his reads. He just looked very slow. So uh, hopefully Malik Willis can turn it around and hopefully that's a good investment. But I think it would depend obviously on what card you bought. I know you're smart, Greeny Green, so you probably bought a good looking card and everything. I was going to share, guys, my PSA submission. I got four PSA submissions back while I was on vacation. Luckily, FedEx left them at the house and didn't bring them back, even though they were signature required. Have you guys ever done this? I left a, a, a note on my door to the FedEx person and they just said, leave all FedEx packages because you don't know when PSA is going to send them back. So I'm like, crap, I'm going to be gone for a week. Three or four PSA submissions are going to come back. I don't want to have to then go to a FedEx location and pick them all up. They left them on my... Uh, they left them on my porch and they were intact. I was going to share the PSA submission in today's show, but we're not going to have enough time. So I'm going to share it on the premium pod. Again, that's premium.sportscardstrategy.com to check out the premium pod. So let's move it along here to uh, Kendall. Um, who are you buying? Yeah, so I've tried to make some sneaky plays this week. Um, I've tried to take prospects that I was really into previously and bring them back into my fold, considering you know trying to dig back a little deeper. So I actually took a shot on a guy that I think he's had some injury history, but he has some pop, and he's on a team that I think he's going to have some decent run with. Is um, So I ended up buying a PSA 9.5 with great subgrades, um, um, Bowman Auto of Alex Kirilov. So he's a guy that's a little bit deeper. Uh, obviously, a lot of people don't know. Uh, either they don't know who he is or they don't believe he's going to be something. I got this card for so cheap. I got this card for 30 bucks, and it's a, a PSA 9.5 uh, Bowman Chrome Auto. So it's like 
it, it really can't go down any more than this, you know. And so, and I think Alex Kirilov will have some run this year. So I'm just going to wait for him to do something and ama- something amazing. And if it doesn't, you know, I was willing to go to a, a nine five uh, Bowman Chrome Auto for thirty bucks of a player that I think could pop off. So he's a guy that um, I've been kind of in sprinkling in. Usually when I say sprinkle, that means I buy like one or two of their autos and hope to get a flip. Uh, my hope is to get a double flip so that I sell it for $65, $75 would be my hope. Um, now, I do this every year and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But typically it works enough to where uh, you know it happens. So I try to find some guys in this March window that are underplayed or undervalued. Um, Alex Kirloff is one of those guys that I've been buying. Uh, so now you guys can go snipe all my auction bids that are out there. Um, but another guy that I'm buying right now is I would say that Holland is a buy right now. It's 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 hard because some of his massive cards are like ninety nine hundred thousand dollar bids already. You know, like people are investing huge in this guy. And so it's it's different because it's a soccer card. So if you want an auto of Halan, he has specific autos in leaf metal and like leaf sets and stuff like that. And pro um, what's that one that that he signed pro something? Yeah, he has a pro set auto that's that's out there. Uh, But there are other inserts that are out there for him that you can go get that are like, I would just go get something that's a PSA 10 in his Dortmund uniform. Um, and that would probably go up depending on your price range. You could find something in that price range. I would find something in your price range. If you're wanting to don't overspend cause you easily can with Halan. Um, but just find your margin and kind of go sit in that and find your, like a, a nice card that you like in that, in that scenario. Um, another thing is, I watched this F1 race this weekend. Saudi Arabia was an awesome race. Uh, and unfortunately, um, there's a couple of guys that I think got the shaft because of some rules that that were implemented either in qualifying or in uh, not necessarily rules specifically for all these drivers. But I think there's some value to be had with Logan Sargent and Oscar Piastri. Both of them haven't necessarily raced super well and they've obviously gotten some some uh some dings to start the season but both of them have ran at times laps that you can see the potential that they both have logan Sargent is also american so if he does anything well people are just going to hype him like crazy um and so he had an incredible Q1 qualifying time that got a uh just a small it got nixed for a small infraction that he had that I thought was kind of funny, um, but he was running really good times. Um, and then he, he, I mean, he finished the race and he didn't do incredible. And, but I see the potential there for him and I'm sure his autos are pretty cheap. Oscar Piastri as well um, is uh, a guy that I'd be looking into because that McLaren team is struggling right now, but you can see Oscar's potential. We've talked about him a lot. But I think if you wanted to buy in at this point, it would be safe for a long-term investment. Yeah, I agree. He finished the race and everybody, like if you're watching F1 Drive to Survive or if you already watched it, like there's multiple people that in that series said that they see him as a future world champion and they don't, they're legit team principals and CEOs. So they're not just going to say that lightly. And I mean, that's what was said about George Russell. 
And George, it took George a while to win his first race, but like it'll take Oscar a while. But I do agree, Lefty, that he's still a guy and now would be a, potentially a good time as there's just less hype around him and uh, his prices have come down quite a bit over the last year. Um, depending on when you bought him, you might have been able to make some money off of him, but it looks like he's kind of plateauing out pricing wise and is, but it's still, he's the same guy. Like there's nothing different about him as a driver other than the fact that he has more experience now. So, um, so a couple other buys that came in through the comments. Thanks everybody for sharing your buy. Um, oh, my shoes making some buys on Jalen green. And, uh, we had, um, Lenny, Lenny Levine in the house. Good to hear from you, Lenny. Hope you're doing well. Buying a lot of older cards. Um, and uh, well, he's talking about if he buys older cards, he notices a lot more scuff marks like the 2012 to 2015 um, prism stuff. And VJ, VJ got a Jude Bellingham SGC 9.5 trying to pull the Chad move of getting the 10 out of that ready to crack. Greeny Green update on his Malik Willis is a sticker auto out of 23 for 60 bucks. I don't hate that. That could definitely pay off for you. Will you go to Southern Soccer's? I, I actually have, want to talk about this. So I have the Salzburg kit card um, from Halan. And what I've noticed, and I'm curious to know what his thoughts are, is what I've noticed is that it does not move at the volume nor at the level that you would think a typical rookie card is. And it seems like people just don't know that that's his first card and that they're just like, hey, that's not a yellow kit. I, the first, you know, he was super young when he played for Dortmund. I'm just going to, that doesn't look right. And so it seems like, because the audience is mostly ill-informed in terms of his, uh, uh, in terms of his uh, history, it seems like the Salzburg kit doesn't move for the price that it should, nor the volume that it should. Um, and so, I have a PSA ten of his Salzburg kit, uh, um, which is I, it's fantastic. I love it, and I and I love it. But I just I'm wondering if investability wise, it's better to have him in that yellow kit that just stands out more. I don't know. That's kind of why that's why I said it. So, yeah, it's interesting because I think that like, again, this speaks to me like we talk a lot about you can't force the market to do things that maybe it should do that it's not doing. So this this could be an example of that where like you it's frustrating because that should be the card that's going. But if you're if you're SSI, maybe you are just PCing it anyway and you like that it's less and you want, and you're okay holding it. Or it's a huge opportunity if you have patience. Like I don't have patience, so I don't know that I would go get one because I would want to sell it like within the next six months. But if you have patience and you have the hypothesis that like one day the market will realize that this is his true yeah. first card, his true rookie card, then that seems like an amazing opportunity. So for those of you listening, uh, that could be a, a great one to go go by courtesy of Southern soccer idiot. And I totally agree. That one's on my radar too. So thanks for calling that out guys. Really appreciate that. Um, all right. So my sell of the week is courtesy of one of the two men who have joined me on this broadcast. And that's Chad Gill. Chad submitted a great sell of the week um, for the website and we don't have a player profile for him. So I said, you know what? I'm going to make this guy my sell of the week on the show and shout out Chad. And that's uh, D'Angelo Russell of the Los Angeles Lakers. So Chad did a, an analysis, and there's way more Chad analysis on the website at nooffseason.com. 
But basically, the move back to the Lakers has been a good one in terms of D'Angelo Russell playing solid ball and helping the Lakers get back into contention for a playoff spot. He's averaging 17 points, five rebounds, three assists for the Lakers. Obviously, a much bigger market than the Minnesota Timberwolves. And the hobby has definitely taken notice. You can see if you're watching, there is a spike, a solid spike in D'Angelo Russell card value. This is his 2015 Prism Silver PSA 9 is up 567% over the last 60 days. That's a change of $85. And that's huge. So if you've been holding Russell or you bought Russell prior to the trade deadline, good on you. I would go ahead and sell him right now. And I think Chad agrees based on this analysis. And uh, yeah, I mean, like D'Angelo Russell, not a guy that I would want in my PC. I don't know. Maybe there's some of you out there that are collecting him. I don't know how many of you actually are holding D'Angelo Russell cards, but I think this is the kind of thing that uh, you need to take notice of players that have an uptick in value. They might, you might have them sitting around, have them listed, go list them in an auction, uh, do it now before, like while the Lakers are still in contention, because who knows what's going to happen. And if you want to get more of this kind of data from market movers, you can go to marketmoversapp.com and you can use the promo code no off season to get your first month for only $1. So Chad, I don't know if you have anything else you want to add around your D'Angelo Russell call, but thank you for that. And thank you for, uh, for the good sell of the week there. You're welcome. Yeah. I just, you don't, you don't always have to have a profile on the cards to, you know, make it a buyer or a sell, you know, those are kind of our top 50 or 25 or whatever, you know, that we're recommending for investability, but from a flipping standpoint, when a card goes up two or three or 400%, don't wait, get rid of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Lefty, who are you getting rid of? Man, I this is hard because I think with, <laughs> with everything I've said previously, it's, uh, it, it, it's going to sound like, you know, that I'm talking myself backwards, but I, I'm getting rid of Mike Trout right now. Um, I think he's going to have a lull during the season and the Angels are going to suck. And so the, everybody is just like, man, this is awesome. Um, and then I'm also holding Trey Turner because I think that his, his value is going to continue to rise as he continues to, to play for a Philly team that's probably going to go back to the World Series uh, or at least back to the playoffs. So that's those are the guys that I'm looking at right now. I would sell Mike Trout. Nice. All right. Well, I want to shout out Duke Dodson. You guys will get to know this name. He just opened up a card shop in Virginia, Richmond, Virginia, I believe. Uh, Graybo's Card Shop. And so you'll get to know the name because Graybo's is a partner of NoOffSeason.com and the Sports Card Strategy Show now. And so starting April 1st, there will be quite a bit of uh, mentioning Graybo's Card Shop and all the great stuff that they're doing uh, in their event space in Richmond, Virginia, their new shop, and of course online at graybo'scards.co is their website. And uh, Duke sent me an email over the weekend and he agreed to let me shout it out on the show. So Basically, he says a player that he's watching, and I love this stuff. So if you guys are doing any of this, like definitely email me at paul at nooffseason.com and have a conversation with me about it. But uh, he's he's been watching a guy named David Roddy, 
uh, for the Memphis Grizzlies. So David Roddy was the 23rd overall pick in the first round of the 2022 draft. So he's a rookie. He's a uh, kind of like a body type of like a Charles Barkley. He's six, four, two And he's got a, a lot more time recently with job being out and some of the other injuries that the Grizzlies have had, but he's been playing really, really well as a rookie and uh, Duke is buying him. So thanks for contributing to that uh, content there. The coach is trusting him more and more, letting him play in crunch time. And I think the biggest thing, um, interested to see what you guys think about this kind of a thing, but he is a crowd favorite. So the crowd in Memphis loves this guy. And, you know, I think the only thing that I worry about with what Duke is saying that I want to caution everybody is he doesn't really have his, his truly investable cards out yet um, because he is a 2022 rookie. So you're really only looking at NBA hoops and Don Russ, maybe the Don Russ choice being out so far. And so, but I, but I like the idea. Uh, I, I struggle with this creating content around guys who are current rookies that I believe would make a good sports card play, but don't have all of their investable cards out yet. Uh, but I did want to shout out Duke there. Um, so moving into some audience questions before we get to Chad's flip to fund your PC segment to round out the show. Um, Mike Carroll asks, he says, listen to your sports card strategy show regularly on Spotify and love the content. Have a great question. I'd love to hear your input on. I have a bunch of base junk baseball, some low value 2000s and some more modern base baseball cards. I'm looking to simply get rid of it all for cash to spend on investing on a player. Any ideas on how I can get the most value from my collection without posting each individual card on eBay like I've been doing I've been checking out nooffseason.com and would love to get a look at the subscription. Thanks, Mike Carroll. Uh, Chad, what do you think about this move uh, from Mike? What would you do if you're just holding a bunch of base it's, 2000s baseball? Facebook, um, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, you take pictures of a few key cards and you put, uh, you know, 500 or 1,000 or however many cards you think you have um, looking to liquidate to uh, upgrade to a better card. And you'll get guys like myself that are in that area for Facebook, you know, if it's within a driving distance or whatever, that might go take a look at it and make an offer to buy the whole thing and then uh, piece it out. You know, that's that's one of the things that I talk about for flipping to fund your PC is finding a guy like that that's looking to sell a whole collection that doesn't want to piece it out, buy it, piece it out. You both win. He gets the money quick. You get to make a few extra bucks by taking the extra time. Yeah, maybe highlight who some of the guys might be in your collection or something like that without being misleading about it. Lefty, if you have anything to add, chime in. Otherwise, I'll go to the next question. When I typically go and look at this kind of stuff, I always am asking either the buyer or myself, what is the top 10% that I see? And because that's where most of your money and most of your most of your liquidity is going to come from. And so um, as a seller, I always like to recommend post the cards that you know will catch people's eye. Um, and it like if you can post like five or 10 of those, you're going to have a much more high, higher likelihood that your lot is going to sell for what you want it to sell for. Rather, if you just throw a picture in there of a bunch of cards just laying in a box with no sleeves or anything, that's just a recipe for disaster. All right, moving along to Buckeye Dill. This is Paul Schmitz. 
new uh, commenter, longtime listener, uh, says, thanks for the info. Definitely will sign up for both nooffseason.com and Market Movers. He's been focusing on finding some underpriced late 70s through early 90s cards that if graded high could provide a small profit. Love it. I tried this a couple years ago. I'm into it. Not sure if this experiment will work or not, and we'll have to wait and see after I get enough cards in graded condition. Totally. I think this is something you should dip your foot in the water, by the way, especially if you're buying raw, because you definitely will get burned. But he says, um, for football and basketball, what are the best rookie card brands to collect? I like optic football for rookies, but I'm not sure if prism or mosaic rookie cards are valued better. Same question for basketball. For baseball, I'm assuming Bowman Chrome first as the baseline for the best rookie cards. I'll shorten this by saying yes to the Bowman Chrome first. I wouldn't buy anything other than the Bowman Chrome first, refractors, autos, like anything Bowman Chrome first for sure, but probably nothing else for me. Personally, Sapphire is okay as well. Okay. I just want to make that distinction. Okay, but Bowman Chrome first, Sapphire yeah. as well. That's a good call. Um. I personally don't love Mosaic, but what do you guys think to his basketball, football question, optic, prism, anything else? I mean, cont I think contenders, rookie ticket autos would be the other thing to pay attention to. I think inserts like downtown, kaboom, things like that, but those are obviously way more expensive. But uh, what do you think, Lefty, in terms of uh, Paul Schmitz's question on both, like on the grading of the old cards? Uh, late 70s through early 90s what to look out for what to, what's a little bit safer and then and then of course on the more ultra modern stuff with the rookie cards um i don't exactly remember how he phrased the first part of the grading question but he's basically looking he's basically saying i'm buying raw 70s through not through early 90s to grade for profit and to me that's great but it's risky because if you're buying raw, mm -hmm. chances are you're looking at if you're looking at something from that old and you're if you're trying to if you're trying to price out like a PSA eight, nine, or ten as your profit barometer, I would lower that by like three or four grades. Yeah, that's what um, I would recommend. As your and then assess your floor, Paul. Because if you're if if you're looking at a card and you're like, okay, the PSA if it's raw, say for 50 bucks. And the PSA four sells for fifty bucks, but the PSA eight sells for four hundred. That's a good move because your grading fee is only twenty dollars right now, and I can stomach that kind of risk. But if you're, if only the PSA nine and ten will yield you profit, and you're buying raw, I would caution you to not buy too many of those cards because chances are they're not going to get a nine or a 10, if they're that old they're they might look like a nine or a 10 from like a centering perspective on the eBay listing. But realistically there's some scratches or so, some soft corner somewhere that's going to bring it down to like a five or a six. That's my experience. Yeah. I think the, the, the most nervous thing I get about the, uh, about that era is altered cards. Um, so like shaved cut or something altered cards, um, we've seen that Paul's had experience with that where he sent cards off to PSA and they came back as not authentic or altered. Um, and that's just a kick in the pants for you. And so honestly, like the, I just, most of my stuff I just deal with is, is, uh, is ultra modern cards. So I, I'd like to stay away from raw, uh, raw vintage cards unless they're 
a unique scenario. So, yeah. And I'm going to keep it moving here. So Ryan Bloom is in the house. Love the podcast and the website. First time joining the show live. Ryan had a question. He's really been struggling on finding anything to try and flip recently after using nooffseason.com and market movers for card and price help. All the card market prices are so much higher than what he expected. They, they seem to be 30% or more over comps. He's primarily been looking into baseball, football, and a little basketball. Uh, Ryan says he's been looking at Jalen Hurts, Optic and Prism rookies, Bobby Witt Jr. tops parallels, and current prospects, first Bowmans like Jackson Churio and Ellie De La Cruz. I think, so let's help Ryan with what to look for and maybe how, how to find better pricing. I think maybe it's the guys that you're targeting are so hot. Um, like those four names you mentioned, you probably you're you probably have people pricing them with stuff baked in based on the interest. So Kendall, how do you recommend Ryan maybe handle something like this? Is it just is it simply waiting on these guys or is it targeting different guys? How would you go about this? I mean, if those are the guys that you want, you're just going to have to pay more or buy a card that you that that is less than like you. If you want like a Bowman Chrome Auto, you're going to have to pay a premium for that because those are guys that the average guy is going to know. What I really try to focus on is finding names that most people don't know yet. And that's where you're going to make your massive profits when you're when you're prospecting. So. Like Bobby Wood Jr. is a household name at this point. Ellie De La Cruz is probably a household name at this point. In terms of, okay, maybe not the average middle schooler knows who they are. But what I'm saying is like the average card collector and investor does know who they are. So what you wanted to do is go a little bit deeper for a guy like Mason Hour or something like that. You know, so it's like if you want to make money in this hobby, you're going to put in the research. And we do have those names on our list as well. Um, of course, if you can afford to get into a Bobby Witt Jr. or something like that, we recommend you still do that. But if you're going to make large margins on cards, it's going to be guys in the second. Think about a tier change. Buy a guy in a third tier. If he's going to a second tier card, you're going to profit on that change. Think If you're buying a second tier guy you, and he pops into the first tier, then you're going to make money on that change. And so that's kind of what I've been thinking on. Um, for instance, like buying an Ellie De La Cruz for a thousand dollars and then selling it at twelve hundred dollars is not as fun for me as buying an indie at you know five hundred dollars and selling it at two thousand, you know. And so it's just like th that's just the difference, I think. Yeah, and and from a basketball perspective, Cam Thomas is probably my best example off the top of my head for me. Like I bought him for twenty five bucks, three contenders rookie ticket autos. Some of them were numbered out of ninety nine. Had him graded at PSA for S's and giggles and got PSA eights on all of them, but it didn't really matter because when he dropped 40 points, three straight games, I sold them all for a massive profit. And that was more fun for me than Kendall's example of buying a really well-known guy. So I at nooffseason.com, no this is a shameless plug again, but like that is what it's there for. Literally, I created that website for those types of plays, Ryan. So Hopefully you can find a guy in our baseball card rankings, football card rankings, basketball card rankings, where you're like, I don't even really know who this guy is. Read the player profile and, and maybe invest like 20, 30 bucks in a guy like Kendall saying, rather than going for the, for the big guns. And then maybe that gives you some money 
Chad's going to have some tips to flip to fund your PC right. to give you some more money anyway. I mean, I gave I gave a guy earlier in the show that was pretty good. So go look at Alex Kirloff. Yeah, exactly. And so um, Andrew Jasper gave a shout out. I just like Christian Incarnacion Strand was a guy that Lefty added to our baseball card rankings. And Andrew Jasper followed that advice. And Andrew emailed me with basically like the profits from that. And he did a really good job. So shout out to Lefty for updating our baseball card rankings. And that kind of goes along with what Ryan's saying. So definitely a shameless plug there, but that is literally what we're doing. So thanks, Ryan, for emailing in your question and for being on the live stream. Hopefully that helped. Um, got a question from Instagram from Matt, Duck River Collectibles. Actually, this is not a question. This is a tip. So I wanted to read it on the show. He's talking about basically the eBay standard envelope to where for 60 cents, you can toss in a top loader into any envelope, get a USPS tracking number and put it into any blue uh, US Postal Service collection box. So that can save on the shipping. Is that still a thing, guys? Chad and Kendall, I know you guys are, it, are doing this. It is, but thing. I would, you have to do the dollar and eight cent one now. You can't do the 60 cent one anymore because um, as of March 1st, the USPS changed that up and it becomes, if you put a top loader in there, it becomes non-machinable and they will kick it back. I had in one week, I think I had 19 envelopes come back cause I didn't know about the change. And it, and, uh, fortunately eBay refunded me all of those postages so I could send them correctly with the dollar eight, but you okay. have to, you have to put in red ink, non non-machinable, and it's gotta be a dollar. Uh, I just do the dollar eight, so I get the the tracking of the standard envelope. But you could essentially put a one dollar stamp on it and put non machinable. You just won't get the tracking then. Gotcha. Okay, so it's a little bit risky, but it can save a few bucks. Thanks, Chad, for the clarification. I had a feeling you guys would help. And thanks to Matt from Duck River Collectibles for submitting that via Instagram at Sports Card Strategy. Oh my shoes is a loyal audience member. Let's give him a quick shout out before we get to Chad's segment. So he made his first sale. Uh, he sold this lot of Paolo Bancaro cards for 15 bucks. Congratulations. He is a card seller now. And uh, he's also looking at Drew Timmy. I wanted to talk about this real quick because I'm not sure how I feel about it. But I like, this goes along with what uh, the listener a minute ago, uh, Ryan Bloom was talking about and what Kendall was talking about. So props to Oh My Shoes for going a little deep here. Drew Timmy is a well-known player from Gonzaga, but he's projected as a second-round NBA pick. So All My Shoes is going out and trying to swoop up some Drew Timmy cards and uh, going to submit him to PSA. So I, I like it. Kendall, what do you think? I mean, I don't know. Like, it's all going to depend on, like, honestly, if if Drew Timmy, like, has a, like a Bananas Summer League game, I could see... I could see shoes profiting from a play like this. Like to me, that's actually the play is like buy these for two bucks flip, like get them graded at PSA for 19 more hope that Timmy goes off in a summer league game, like a bowl bowl situation. And then you just sell them in July. I don't know, man. What do you think? I mean, it's not a play I'm willing to make. Uh, I watched Timmy last night and he's a great player, but not, not, I don't think investable. Uh, but at $2, what do you have to lose? Yeah, exactly. 
Exactly. All right. Well, um, many other directions we could go in, but let's get to Chad Gill for his flip to fund your PC segment of the show. Chad, what do you got for us today? Well, I've got a couple of things. One thing, uh, we've had, we've got such good uh, listener audience participation. I didn't get a chance. I had a question or, or I wanted to talk to Lefty about as well was, um, and this is for everybody, but I wanted Lefty's take on it. Um, I think that for everybody looking for a flip opportunity in the three to six month range, there are incredible opportunities with all of these top players getting that did not make the big clubs that I thought many of them were like the way that uh, Christian and Carson and CES um, the way strands was hitting mashing the ball in spring training. I, I get Joey Votto's at first base, but I mean, you got a DH spot, you got a third base. I mean, could they not have found a spot for that kid? I mean, that kid was just, incredible in spring training. So he got sent down. So I'm going to be watching his stuff closely. I think it's going to take a week or two, but the shine's going to come off the ball and those cards are going to dip a little bit. Ellie De La Cruz, his Bowman first non-auto PSA 10s are already down 15% since he got sent down last week. So that's the type of stuff, uh, especially for Ryan, who asked that question earlier, where are your flipping opportunities? You get you get guys like that that were a guy like myself. I thought Ellie De La Cruz and uh, Christian Encarnacion and Strands was gonna make the big league club because the Reds aren't that good. So I thought, what do they got to lose? And those two getting sent back down, and Ellie De La Cruz's cards already down fifteen percent in a week. Not now. This is the non-auto. Some of the stuff is still up. Um, Strand's cards are still rising. I think everybody, he was so incredible. Maybe his cards don't see the dip, but a guy like Ellie De La Cruz, he's going to get called up, whether it's June or July. De La Cruz is getting called up this year. There's no way he stays, barring an injury, there's no way he stays in AAA. Would you left? Yeah, Ellie will make uh, an appearance at some point this year for sure. A lot of this has to do with contract and playtime manipulation so that they can keep them longer. So they'll bring them back in May so that it doesn't classify as a full contract season, which is a big part of why the uh, collective bargaining agreement took so long a couple of years ago as, as clubs were not bringing guys up when they wanted to so that they could afford their contracts uh, like for an extra year. But I think additionally, there's a guy on this team that did make the roster that's holding Encarnacion Strand back from them making big, uh, like a big rookie movement. Because like, what you don't want to do is you don't want to throw all these rookies in at the same time, and then they get fatigued by having a lack of success. And then you see them like there's like this big thing in baseball that if you bring a guy up too early, he gets mentally not he doesn't do well, and then they collectively do bad, and then they take a long time to get kind of rising and so you want to bring a rookie up actually when your team is doing well so that he can he can come in and baseball's contagious i don't know how to explain that but hitting is contagious and so if you have ellie de la cruz and and uh and encarnacion strand on a team with a guy like um like steer so for instance spencer steer made the roster ahead of both of them He's probably going to be their um, their starting third baseman, but plays some first base. They also have 
They also signed, or, or they still have Joey Votto. They're going to give him all the run they can because he's a classic player for the Reds. But then they also have Will Myers on the team now who is going to float between right field and first base. So Tyler Stevenson will probably also play first base this year. So it's going to be a collective unit out there with Stevenson coming off an injury and being a top, uh, a probably top 20 catcher in major league baseball, but also like just being a guy worth investing in. They don't have to bring these guys up so quickly because Spencer steer and Tyler Stevenson are young enough that they'll probably transition enough into first base. The Encarnacion strand is not going to be relevant right away. So I would say he probably comes up next year. And then I would say Ellie De La Cruz will get promoted at some point this year, um, but just uh, a little bit later. Yeah, so I, I I was waiting to get Lefty's take, but I think that there are a lot of flip opportunities with some of these. I would agree with your flip some opportunities. Some of these, the, their, their prices, when the shine comes off the ball here over the next 30 days, those prices are going to drop. And when they get called up, the week that they get called up is the highest sell point of any card yep. ever. I don't care if they come up and they rip up the league for the next month afterwards. The week they get called up is the week to flip the card. So I've got two nuggets here for, for the listeners uh, for the, this week's flip to fund your PC. Uh, one would be, uh, I don't remember who asked, but for the, was that Ryan? I think maybe talking about the vintage cards. This one here is about as easy of a layup play as there is. And it's the 1992 Michael Jordan beam team card. Uh, Michael Jordan about is about as liquid as they come, arguably, depending upon whether you're team LeBron or team Jordan, one of the top two players of all time, right? Um, his cards always sell really easily. The beam team is one of his most popular cards. That's not a rookie card right now. If you were to look at the BGS sales, now this isn't a CSG or a SGC play, this is BGS. A BGS nine um, sells for in the in the 325. The most recent one was one just sold yesterday for $340. And a PSA nine, they've been selling for around five and a quarter, but one sold Saturday night for $490. That's $150 profit margin. Now you could go the way of Paul and not crack the card and send it in, letting PSA know that BGS thought it was a nine, but you're not trying to go up a half a grade here. You're just going lateral from a nine to a nine. And most of these companies grade similarly enough that that should be a layup going from a nine to a nine. You're just trying to get it into a PSA slab and there's $150 margin. All you got to do is take the time to send it in and then flip it when it comes back. So I, I think that's that's a vintage play that uh, is is about as easy as it gets. I I was off this weekend for uh, my daughter's state basketball tournament. I was coaching, um, and so I got back to work this morning. I get I have all my cards sent here, so it doesn't drive my wife nuts when the cards come in the mailbox at home. <laughs> and over the weekend, here is a card. I Ooh. here's a play I'm doing. This yeah. is the uh, SP 2022 Tops Julio Rodriguez. It's card 659. Here, th this isn't a layup, but it's it's a bunny shot. Okay. This card, uh, I was able to pick this card up um, in raw condition, but 
this card in raw, I picked it up for 200 bucks um, about two weeks ago, and it just got just got here in the mail. So 200 to 230 roughly is where this card is is going. There's 1,220 of these graded in PSA, and 850 are tens. So this card has a 69% gem rate. Nice. 298 of them are nines, so 25%. So 1,148 cards, 95% of these cards are nines or tens. This card in a nine sells for $300. So two, if you can get it for two and a quarter, you got 250 in it with grading fees. A nine gets you 300 bucks, so you got profit margin there. If you get a 10, which is 69% of the time, this card is selling for $550. Now, I bought three of these in raw condition. This is the one I, this one here I just got this morning um, is the one I I paid the most for. I I paid $200 for this one. I got one for $179 and one for $184. Um, All three of those are going to go in. If I get 110, it basically pays for the other three cards. So here's two ways to fund your PC for those that are listening. Those are are two about as easy as it gets uh, profit turnarounds, flip quicks. Phenomenal. That's, That's great awesome. work, Chad. Lefty, I know you got to run. VJ had a quick question about Jeremy Pino. We'll get to that next week. Unless you, I have- love Jeremy Pino. There's okay. my answer. Okay. My- Last thing I wanted to say, Paxton Aronson made his his Europe debut this week, coming on in the 82nd minute of Union Berlin's game. So now there's two Aronson brothers in England. There you go. Lefty, have a great week. We'll talk to you soon, my man. Check out more of Lefty McKee's work at nooffseason.com and on social media at Lefty McKee. Check him out. He also writes for justbaseball.com and has a phenomenal company called Wild Cards Box Breaks where you can uh, – we Check pulled an out-of-five Sapphire Jet Williams yesterday. Pretty fire. Nice. Have a great day, Lefty. Talk to you soon, man. Bye. Um, I'm going to wrap up the show here with Chad real quick. And uh, really want to thank everybody for all of your participation in the audience. We have a great show that is growing very rapidly. And it's because of all of you making it phenomenal content. And so what I want to do is ask a couple of questions. And you guys can all email me at paul at nooffseason.com or contact me however you'd like. You can drop a comment below. You can hit me up on social media at nooffseasoncard. But here's the deal. I'm finding it hard now to keep this show to an hour or an hour and five minutes. And I would like to try to keep the sports card strategy show, the Monday show, to an hour to an hour and five minutes. I don't think it's bad that we go an hour and 20. But my question is, should we split the show up into two shows per week now and experiment with that and say 45 to 60 minute shows, two shows per week. That way we can have more segments related to audience, getting to all the comments, getting to all the audience questions and getting to some of the stuff that we think you should know about. Give Chad maybe a little bit more time on one of the two shows that he has time to be on, right? Because he's providing phenomenal information. I'm looking at not tweaking the show too much. I just want to make it better, and I would like your feedback. The other, the other thing I'd like to try to do is utilize our Facebook group potentially more, but I don't want to necessarily force people into Facebook if you're not on Facebook. 
Are you on Discord and not Facebook? I want to know these things. Are you on Discord? Are you on Facebook? Are you on both? We have a Facebook group. You can go to sportscardstrategy.com and you can click on the link to the Facebook group to join it. I would like to take some of these plays that everyone's making related to some of the, ch the tips that Chad's throwing out there, some of the stuff that I'm doing. I'd like to know from you. I'd like to have a forum to where you can share as Sports Card Strategy Show audience members your plays, you ask more questions. I think doing it in a Facebook group or a Discord makes sense. I don't necessarily, maybe having both makes sense. I don't know, but I'd like to know your feedback on all of that because I think that there's a good way to continue to do the show in an efficient way where we get to all the audience questions and comments. We give everybody some love, but then we also don't feel rushed to get the show done in an hour or, you know, whatever. So just let me know your feedback. How can we improve the show? Let us know what you think. I'd really, I'd really like to know. And Chad, I don't know if you have anything to add along those lines, your thoughts, cause you, you're an, you're an audience member turned analyst here. So anything that you'd like to add before we sign off today, we've got TW here saying uh, three to four shows weekly would be better. I love it. TW. Thank you. That, that means a lot to hear that to hear that feedback. Ryan Boruski says both didn't know about the Facebook group. I'll check it out. Oh, my shoes says whatever helps get more shows out. Love it. Yeah, I, I would agree. Whatever the audience members want is, is, I mean, we're here for them. Um, we're growing because of them. Um, I'm here because I was once one of them. Um, and I, you know, this was my, uh, shameless plug. This was my favorite podcast or, or a show to listen to because it was the most engaging um, and entertaining and as well as educational, uh, made some good money off of some of the, the tips uh, from from you and Lefty and uh, even the, the football, um, basketball. Andy Kaysen, yeah. Uh, I'd love to get on one with, uh, with Gary. Uh, I message him back and nice. forth okay. once in a while. We could do that. Gary and I are coming. Gary and I have a show tomorrow. We have a show tomorrow at the same time. We're going to do a basketball card strategy show tomorrow. So if you want to come on, if you're available, Chad, we can get you on that. I can send you the link to join. All right. Yeah, I'm not, I'll have to take a look and see if I, what, what my schedule looks like for tomorrow. But uh, no, I, you know, whether we, whether we, we do it for an hour and a half or you change times or you split shows, or maybe I go, you know, maybe I'm not an every week thing. So I'm not, uh, I think my segment here is what's kind of pushed us out a little bit further. So, you know, maybe I'm a every other week or a every once a month uh, thing. And I just participate like everybody else with the comments, the other three or whatever, you know, I, whatever the audience wants and whatever we can work out. That's it what seems like the audience wants more Chad. So you and I will just have to work offline to figure out how to keep you in the regular rotation of, of this show. And then, maybe Lefty and I add a second show without you during the week to talk about some other stuff. But I think having you as part of this show is, a, is has been great. I think the audience agrees, but definitely uh, let us know your feedback. And thanks again, everybody, for making the sports card strategy show what I think is the best sports card podcast out there. Let your friends know about us and that'll only help us grow and and do more great content for all of you. But uh, thanks again, everybody, for watching and listening to the Sports Card Strategy Show. I'm Paul Hickey with NoOffSeason.com. He's Chad Gill. We had Lefty McKee who had to jump. And uh, everybody, have a great day. Have a great week. We'll talk to you soon.
Thanks again. And uh, I think it's time to cue the rock music. Cue the rock. <laughs> <laughs>